We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, I'm Brandon Perna, host of That's Good Sports, a 10-minute-ish daily NFL comedy podcast. Have you ever wished for a crappy version of The Daily Show, but only about the NFL? Then, first and foremost, I implore you to dream much bigger. Secondly, I would recommend subscribing to That's Good Sports. Every weekday, I will be giving you NFL news, telling questionable jokes, and swearing just enough so you won't ever be able to listen with your kids in the room or car. I don't ask for a lot, but if you don't subscribe on iTunes, my wife said she will leave me. Thanks, and I look forward to putting my voice in your ear holes. Hello and welcome to the Eurostep podcast. My name is Kane Pittman and I'm joined by Ty Windish as always. And we spoke about this on the last podcast, but it is starting to get close to basketball season. Uh, less than two weeks until the preseason opener against the Chicago Bulls, which means we can really start talking about the season now, Ty. We can, and we can talk about my new favorite player on the Milwaukee Bucks. I, I don't know. I... You've just thrown this at me, so you, uh, I'm sort of on the back foot here. But is your favorite? Is your new favorite player? I don't know. I want to say like Robin Lopez is the easy. Actually, I already know who it is. It's Dragon Bender. I see some stuff on Twitter. <laughs> it is Dragon Bender. <laughs> I, I don't know. That just came to me. See, that's how you could tell that you definitely didn't pre-warn me with that because I had to actually think through that on the spot. Listen, have you seen the pick that I shared? Uh, yes, I have. It's impressive. It is impressive. He looks shorter. Which I don't know how I feel about that. I just think it makes his like he looks more balanced with the beard. But as as a, a beard wearer, I'm a big beard proponent. Obviously, you know, I speak from experience when I do the the Harry's ad read. Shout out to Harry's. We'll talk more about that later in this podcast. But I just think he looks fantastic. He looks like a much tougher guy. I've posited on Twitter he might be the first player ever to 
have a 50-40-90 season and also be a team's enforcer. So watch out for that. I don't know. I'm amped up about Dragon Bender. And the best part about preseason is even even uh, workaholics like Giannis aren't going to get their normal burn. So we're going to get to see guys like Dragon Bender a little bit. And I uh, personally cannot wait to see new look bad boy Dragon Bender. Uh, someone, uh, many people have tweeted at me with this fantastic nickname, the Bearded Dragon. That's terrific. That okay. I didn't see that. That is that is a quality nickname. And I think to me, this looks like a guy that has come into Milwaukee and is taking full advantage of the uh, in-house barber at the practice facility. Ooh, I mean, this is what yes. it was designed for. These Bucks players, remember Richard Vaughan always always had the sharpest haircut. Uh, I don't know how much time he was spending on the practice court, <laughs> but we know he was spending a lot of time in the barber's chair. So I think maybe Dragon Bender has got here. I don't know what they were doing in Phoenix. Uh, we know. Yeah, you know, Eric Bledsoe at some point had to go to an offsite uh, barber. So <laughs> and bad things I, happen there. And, and bad things happen. So now we've got Dragon Bender. He's using the in-house guy, and I, I think it looks pretty good. But uh, I, before we move on, I do want to say that Dragon Bender right now, for mine, is the ultimate case of uh, yeah preseason optimism. Because I had I had a friend text me about Dragon Bender the other day, and and just basically just asking whether I thought he was going to be any good. And I found myself talking about all these positive things about Dragon Bender and, well, he can do this, he can do that. He's had a bit of a rough time. He's in Phoenix. And then when I really sat back and thought about it, I thought this is what the preseason is all about, uh, getting a guy like Dragon Bender, obviously a super high draft pick uh, just a few years ago in Phoenix, a place that really has been a mess, comes to Milwaukee. We know Milwaukee's a really stable environment now. He does some things that the Bucks like to do. And I can easily talk myself into this guy, maybe, I don't know, showing something during the year. But that, that is something that can only happen in the offseason. I will say just two serious Dragon Bender takes to go along with this. And and good on, good on us for talking about Dragon Bender. When everyone right else off the top. Right off the top. immediately get to the Dragon Bender stuff. Everybody else wants to talk about Giannis, is he leaving, whatever. I can tell you here on this podcast, we are not doing that unless there's a real reason to, which I don't really foresee happening for for quite a while now so let's just get that out there right away we're not gonna go full espn leading off every show with the honest leaving update where is he on the timeline where where, how are the scales tipping no we're not gonna worry about that because i mean honestly i tweeted this Giannis probably doesn't even know but anyway that's all we're gonna say about it i'm done now but two real dragon meta things one Good on Dragon Bender for reinventing himself visually. He needs to do so as a player as well. Like you said, he was not overly impressive in his time as a Sun. But two, the one thing that Suns fans were actually, that not fans really, like writers, like people I know who covered the Suns, they, they would tweet about Dragon Bender. And, you know, I think he's kind of known as a shooter, even though he hasn't really been a great shooter in the NBA. The thing I heard that he's actually pretty dang good at is defense. I think more perimeter defense than playing the five he's not very bulky and he's not going to play the five in Milwaukee but uh supposedly and, and I can't say I can't vouch for this I haven't watched you know 50 full Dragon Bender games to confirm or deny but supposedly he's he's a pretty dang good defender pretty useful out there on the perimeter so hey if he puts the shot together continues defending might be a useful guy might compete with Tenacious for some of those long forward minutes so we'll, we'll see we'll see you know he's got the haircut he's got the beard he's got the visual aspect down if he plays as good as he looks, he's going to be a steal. It's interesting. I, I'm always, I'm always into, uh, and 
with good teams, and this hasn't always been the case with the Bucks because sometimes you're like, well, this guy's really going to actually have to play important minutes and can he, is he capable of doing that? Um, we're not really sure with Bender, but I'm always, you know, with good organizations, and I think we can safely say that now with the Bucks over what they've done the last couple of years and then, uh, you know, obviously bringing Buddy in and this coaching staff that we know are well-renowned for developing players. Uh, I think taking a flyer on a really high a top five draft pick from just a couple of years ago, uh, I, I think it's I think it's good business, and, and you know that having him at the end of the roster, and maybe he doesn't even you know maybe he doesn't hang around. We we don't know what's actually going to happen here, but uh, I just think it's a it's a nice flyer to take, and he has got some some skills, and you know it's interesting when you talk about those attributes defensively, uh, the fact that he can hit the odd three. How much different is he right now to Thonmaker? Is he a more is he a more a less erratic Thonmaker defensively? I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to watch. But uh, that's a solid five minutes on Dragon Bender. That was unexpected. <laughs> um, but uh, we, I mean, some other things. Just we saw the media day happen during the week, which is always exciting. I think that's when everyone starts to realize that okay, we really are on the, on the doorstep of the season. But other notable things are the number change for Dante Divincenzo. Ooh, I'm excited. Did you see that? I wasn't really that excited. Actually, uh, I can't remember if I did or not. He's got number zero. Did Even someone Chenzo. have zero? No, not last year, but... Uh, huh. I mean, obviously, OJ had double zero. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Juice was uh, the double zero, but no, Wes Matthews going number nine, Dante DiVincenzo uh, zero. So that's uh, sort of notable. Robin Lopez, Kyle Corver. Always fun to see the guys in Bucks uniform for the first time. Uh, and like I said, uh, the preseason on the eighth of October versus Chicago, uh, less than less than two weeks away now. So um, it, it is time to to get into some questions. We we threw it out there because it has been. I would say it's been a short off season. It feels like it's been a short off season when you uh, count the the run that the Bucks had that we haven't been used to them having right through. Uh, to the conference finals, and then the fever, the fever stuff came up super quickly. The Team USA stuff in Australia. So, uh, I, I guess when you sit back and think, you're like, "Wow, we are already back in basketball season," but it's exciting for us. And and we threw some questions out to the uh, to the to the Twitter world. Yeah. So, should we? Do you want me to kick off, or do you? Who, who's going to read the questions? I think you're the chief question reader from mail mailbags gone. Okay. By. I think that's true. Uh, do we want how how should we mix up serious and and more light questions? Do you want to do them like one and then the other, all of all, like all of one kind and all of the other, or should I just disperse it? I trust your judgment there, uh, Ty. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. We're gonna start off with. Uh, I think this was the first question we got, or one of the first from Kate Joveski at Kate Joveski. Um, uh, you answered this on Twitter, but I, I just I threw it in here anyway for a little a little fun question. Will Bucks fans be as obsessed with Brooke Lopez as the Australian fans were during the USA basketball trip? Well, they will be. And Kate is an Australian uh, girl, and someone that I interact with a little bit on Twitter. And uh, obviously, if people didn't see the Team USA Canada game. Uh, in Sydney prior to, to the World Cup, uh, just really the, the, the Sydney fans chanting Brooke Lopez's name. They wanted Brooke Lopez on the floor. And I do wonder whether those Australian fl- fans should have been shipped over 
uh, to China for the Team USA games. So when Rudy Gobert was single-handedly destroying Team USA, maybe Pop would have been forced to put Brook Lopez on the floor. But he's a fan favorite. Brook Lopez, he's been a fan favorite in, in Milwaukee right, right through last year for not only the, the ridiculous deep threes that he takes, but uh, he's hilarious. He's just a funny guy. So I'm not willing to say... Uh, the Australian fans have taken over the Milwaukee fans with their obsession with Brook Lopez. Brook Lopez, definitely uh, one of the fan favorites in Milwaukee for mine. And I think really what's going to take this over the edge uh, in terms of Milwaukee fans being more obsessed is the addition of the second Lopez brother. Uh, having Robin and Brooke in the mix is, I think, going to be great for both of them in terms of Milwaukee fans and other fans just paying attention to them. I mean, I was listening to a podcast. I think this was Zach Lowe and, and Howard Beck. I think it was on Howard Beck's podcast. And just, I think Beck was the one who, or maybe Lowe, I can't, one of them brought it up. They were both super excited just to have both of the Lopez brothers in Milwaukee on the same team, uh, especially a very good team. It's going to be great. There's going to be a lot more Brooke and Robin content, which is also Brooke content. So I think both of their stocks going to be on the rise, but certainly Brooke Lopez, I mean, I don't know if anything short of a, a wild, a truly wild Giannis moment was would get the Milwaukee fans more fired up than Brooke Lopez, you know, banking in a couple threes in a row and a, and a half or something. I mean, people got really amped up when Brooke Lopez would get hot from threes. So I certainly agree. Yeah, there is no shortage of uh, of Brooke Lopez love among Bucks fans. Let's get to uh, this one. This one is interesting. This one made me think a little bit. I enjoyed the question from Jared Huff at Jared Huff 5. He wants to know which starter will average the least amount of points. Yeah. I I mean, I, I think the interesting thing with this question is that it will be probably the guy that starts at the two, right? I mean, that, that's... Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine. I, I think just for the... To, not right. to cut you off, just for the sake of the question... Let's just say, like, the, the 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 shooting guard starter. Like, we can we can pretend, like, it'll probably get split up, like, you know, whatever, Kyle Korver, Wes Matthews, and Sterling Brown, or maybe Dante, who knows, averages while they're starting in that spot. Like, you can add them all together if you want, but I, I agree. Yeah, I just, I, I don't think that when you, when you look at last year's stats, Brook Lopez averages 12.5 points per game. I don't really see that drop in this year. I mean, you could argue that potentially bringing Robin Lopez into the fold will mean that Lopez's minutes will come down from 28. Uh, I'm not so sure about that. I, I think that 12 points per game is is certainly a reasonable number for Brook. And the reason I'm talking about Brook is because I think if you talk about um, scoring in the starting lineup, you can immediately rule out uh, Bledsoe, Middleton, and Giannis, right? I mean, it's not going to be those three. So, yeah, so then it comes down to no. Brook or, or the fifth starter. Um, obviously, last year, Brogdon averaged 15. A big part of that was obviously the efficiency, and I would you know, I, I would be very surprised. I mean, it's, it's something that's happened only a couple of times in, in the history uh, of the NBA. So I, I think expecting someone to come in and, and shoot 50, 40, 90 is, is a little much. Um, and I, I am just genuinely curious to see the Brook Lopez role this year because we know that he's going to jack up a lot of threes, and we know Bud's going to tell him to do that, and he's going to hit you know, that, that 35% roughly, the 36 that he hit last year, I, I think that's certainly sustainable um, for Lopez. Uh, the interesting thing I think will be whether the Bucks go into him a little bit more in the post. I, I've spoken a little bit about the Bucks potentially trying some different things this year, um, more so just to experiment and have 
a plan B, which we found that once they got to the Eastern Conference Finals, potentially they just hadn't uh, moved away from what worked for them so well. And, and that, uh, you know, obviously caused some problems uh, against Toronto. So, yeah, I am interested to see whether they focus on, on Brook a little bit more. We know that he's super talented in the, in the post. That's what he did for the first sort of uh, you know, decade of his career. So um, I, I think that Lopez scoring is going to be consistent. And then from that point, I expect Wes Matthews might start but you're also going to see guys like DiVincenzo, uh, Sterling Brown, potentially Pat Connor, and these guys. I think are all going to start games at one, you know, at one point or another. And I think whoever starts in that position will be the guy that scores the least. Uh, and that seems like the obvious thing uh, to me, looking at it from, uh, right now. I, I do think there's a chance for it to be Brook Lopez. Um, just looking at last year, Wes Matthews is a maverick to start the year. Uh, plays and starts in 44 games in Dallas. Not a very good Dallas team, but they do have uh, someone who took a lot of the the attention, the focal point of that team, obviously Luka Doncic. So I don't want to say similar to the Bucks in, in really any way, except for that one, you know, everyone, every, all eyes were on Luka. All eyes are going to be on Giannis for the Bucks. And in just under 30 minutes, which probably seems a little heavy for what he's going to play in Milwaukee, he did score 13.1 points per game there while shooting 38% from three. Almost all of his shots, or not almost all, but well more than half of his shots are three-pointers. So there's a chance uh, if Wes really, you know, impresses in training camp and preseason here and uh, puts the right impression on Coach Mike Budenholzer. Obviously, we know Bud likes to, to play vets. Uh, better safe than sorry, I think, is the uh, the method there. I, I think there's an outside chance at Wes Matthews, but I certainly think the safe bet, the smart money is on. Well, there's an outside chance it's not Wes Matthews, I should say, or the the two, but I think the the smart money is on on that role. Here's another uh, interesting one involves a Bucks two guard and and not a lot of basketball from Tanner Opichka. I hope I said that right. At Cowboy of Space, would you rather have homemade food <laughs> cooked by Dante's parents or be featured in DJ Wilson's next fashion Instagram? Uh, do you want to do you want to go first on this one? See, I'm a, I'm a foodie, uh, and I like authentic food. I feel like Dante DiVincenzo's parents could really – I mean, the guy's known as Big Ragu, but I, I'm guessing there's like there's probably like a homemade sauce involved. I'm guessing it's not like just store-bought Ragu. That'd be disappointing. And so I'm going to go with the uh, the sit-down experience for the, the homemade food there. But I certainly see the merits of going for the Instagram post, but I just feel like I don't know. My, my Instagram following isn't that important to me. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm cool enough to even like to look authentic in the Instagram post. Like I might just look out of place, and that's just a bad look. So I'm just gonna play it safe. I'll take the dinner. I'll meet Dante's parents, who are probably lovely, and have a good time and get a good meal. Like I feel like again, we're talking about safe bets. For me, that's the safe bet. Yeah, no, it's it's food easily for me. I I think um, I think most of the. The listeners, probably certainly the ones from Milwaukee or all the ones that do follow me on Twitter will know that uh, my tweets last year were, were largely about the Bucks. But I would say, I don't know, if I could break down my Twitter, I think uh, 75% Bucks, uh, 10% the hop, uh, 10% food. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, I, okay, I will say I will say 75% Bucks, 15% food and beer. And then ten percent the hop. I, I think that was the breakdown. So um, I, I think people know that I'm easily I'm easily bought with food. So food, you know, by Donto's parents is definitely going to be the one for me. 
uh, yeah, I'm not a big Instagram guy. I don't, I don't need photos taken of myself. I don't need people looking at me. And like you said, DJ Wilson's fashion is, I'm not sure. I mean, I certainly couldn't pull it off. So let's just leave it at that. Yeah, exactly. Do you, do you even have Instagram? I don't want to blow up your spot. I don't think I follow you on Instagram. I do um, have Instagram. A secret Instagram. And, no, I, I do have Instagram. Uh, it is private. I look forward to just a thousand uh, of follow requests now after this podcast. It's going to be incredible. I've changed my answer, but the next time the podcast comes around, I change my answer to DJ Wilson's fashion Instagram after I pick up uh, another uh, you know, few, few thousand followers this week after this uh, podcast. It's going to be good. There we go. Kane's diva turn has been a long time coming. I'm all the way here for it. I've been talking a bit about gambling already, and I figured I might as well just double down. That's another gambling term. Because listen, at the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some football. Maybe basketball too, but right now, obviously, the focus is football. Game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives. Running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, and mybookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play and where you should too. You gotta do the smart thing, you got to bet with my bookie, especially if you're the kind of person who likes to bet a little and win a lot. You can go for a parlay. Multiply your winnings. Who doesn't like multiplying winnings? Just that, that just sounds like a good thing, even if you don't really know what I'm talking about right now. If you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. All you need to do is use com- promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, all one word. Visit mybookie.ag today because you play, you win, and you get paid. And as I mentioned earlier, in addition to gambling, I also talked about Harry's Razors. A few of us here use Harry's Razors on the network and on this podcast. And if you visit their website, you can check out all different shave sets and face care products while joining the 10 million, it's a big number, who have used Harry's. Claim your special offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. Why should you try Harry's? Because their founders were two regular guys who were tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced razors. Harry's makes quality, durable blades at a fair price, just two bucks per blade. If you don't love your shave, let them know you'll get a full refund. Refresh your wallet and your face with the trial set right now. It includes the weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip, the five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade for a close shave, a rich lathering shave gel that will leave you smelling great, looking and smelling great. Plus don't forget the travel blade cover, keep your razor dry and easy on the go. Listeners of this show, the Eurostep can redeem their trials at harrys.com slash blue wire. Make sure you go there right now. That is harrys.com slash blue wire to redeem your offer and let them know we here at the Eurostep sent you to help support the show. You guys want to support the show, right? And, and ladies, everyone who listens. So yeah, do those things. That's. Uh, I want to go back to the. I want to get back to the to the betting just quickly. Uh, just a little story for you because uh, my friend 
a very close friend of mine won a bunch of money on the Australian football MVP during the week. Uh, sports betting is rife in Australia, I will say that. And he won a, a bunch of money on this MVP award. I was at his house, uh, stayed at his place that night. He, they, he found out that he's won uh, this bet, and it was a few thousand dollars. It was like $3,000 or something like that. So he wins, and then in, in his excitement, he was so excited about winning this bet that he, he threw his phone onto the ground and destroyed his phone. So out of the $3,000 winning winnings, that was $1,000 down the drain right there in, in the space of about five <laughs> seconds. So he went from just absolute pure joy to a moment of, why did I just do that? Like what, what, what is actually wrong with me uh, to throw my phone full strength into the ground? But, you know, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's the type of excitement you can have. So uh, I just thought, Who doesn't want that? You got to aim for a couch. That's a rookie move. That's what couches are for. Yeah, no, he, he did really mess up. There's, uh, there's no question about that. But uh, I'll I, I tell you what, I'm going to jump in here because I'm looking at a question which I think is really interesting. Uh, uh, I'm curious to hear what your answer is because I've got a couple of ideas, but I, I think it's really difficult with this Bucks team. But – uh, it is at Hey Like the Buck One. The Twitter name is Beard and Holzer. Hmm. Not too bad at all. But the question is, no. which player on the roster will take the biggest step forward this year, and which player could take a step back? So I, I was thinking about this one too because it is interesting. Um, like biggest step back is hard for me because, like, I, for my mind immediately goes to someone like Kyle Korver, who's older. But then on the other hand, like. I mean, last year's Kyle Korver wasn't really peak Kyle Korver anyway, so I guess it wouldn't be that much of a step back. Um, it's hard to say. I think, you know, unfortunately, it's probably going to be one of the guys who just got paid big money would be the real answer. Um, contract year, sort of appearance, you know, I hesitate to say it, even just to put it out there, but like George Hill is not a spring chicken anymore. Um, I'm looking it up now. I believe he's – I always forget how old George Hill is because he looks great like when he plays and when he's like just generally he's 33. So like that, that's one I'd probably worry about a little bit is George Hill. Um, hopefully no one takes a very significant step back. Um, but it doesn't seem like anyone's poised to just crater, but I guess you know most of the time you don't really know. In terms of step forward, this one is hard because so much of the team is so established. Um, I feel like DJ Wilson's going to be a very popular answer to this, but you know, looking at it from a specific way, I'm, I'm going to say Robin Lopez because I think he's going to make a very similar step to the one Brooke Lopez has made, which I mean, let's be honest, Brooke Lopez is not getting this contract. He just got, if he's playing the same way he was playing in 2016 or whatever, you know, before he started shooting the threes. So I think Robin Lopez is going to have an opportunity here to completely reinvent himself. And I think that's a pretty significant step forward for a guy. So I'm, I'm going to go with Robin Lopez, and I feel good about that answer. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I honestly didn't really even think about Robin Lopez. I, I want to go to the player that might take a step back first. Now, it's interesting that you say George Hill because, again, um, I probably wasn't thinking so much about the veterans with this one. And I, I know we've sort of spoke about this a little bit, but my feeling with some of these veteran players – and, you know, even Wes Matthews fits into this category. Um, you know, George Hill certainly and, and Kyle Corver, the other one. I think the Bucks have the sort of depth um, that – and also I just think the Bucks are going to be good and winning enough games that these guys are going to be able to be sort of eased through the regular season so they can get to the playoffs in really good shape. And we saw 
last year, George Hill, after spending a couple of months with the Bucks medical staff, who we know are absolutely fantastic, he was able to get in really good shape because I, I don't think that he came to the Bucks healthy. And I think his play sort of, um, you know, proved that at the time. He was really struggling to shoot the ball. And he actually only played 47 regular season games, only averaged 6.8 points. So when I look at George Hill, I'm like, well, you didn't really set a high bar in terms of what you did during the regular season. Um, if you're expecting him to play at that playoff level through the the whole regular season, then yeah, I, I would agree that George Hill certainly, I mean, I, I wouldn't expect him to play that way over the course of the 82 game season. I also not sure if I really want him to have to play uh, that much and play that important role for, for this team. I think it would be a concern if he did, but I'm more looking at the younger guys because I, I do think that the Bucks have, I think everyone focuses on the, the guys at the top end of the roster, but I think they've got a bunch of really interesting guys at the, at the bottom of the roster. And we've already mentioned them earlier in the podcast in terms of, you know, potentially getting spot starts. Um, but Sterling Brown is one for me that I, I think might get lost in the shuffle. And I, I, again, this could change depending on how Bud wants to work through uh, the rotation and, and work through the regular season. But uh, I remember last year before the season, he was the guy that I picked to be the real breakout player. Now, obviously, the Bucks had a better regular season than most people anticipated, and and Sterling Brown had some uh, had some injury concerns. But I, I do wonder where he kind of fits in with with guys like Pat Connaughton and and then obviously you know even Cole Corver. And I know that they play sort of the, the they're going to play some minutes at the three and four, but uh, they all fit in that sort of bench mob, and then. Uh, obviously, Dante DiVincenzo is a guy who I just think Bud loves and is going to want to play him. Uh, you know, minutes if he's healthy. Uh, you already spoke about Hill. Uh, obviously, Bledsoe. I, I'm just not sure that there's going to be huge minutes for him. And when you look last year, in his 58 games, he played 17.8 minutes per game. I think Sterling Brown's a real talent. We know last year, uh, really uh, deadly from the corner three spot. Uh, plays really aggressive physical defense. I think he's a really good player. I'm just concerned that one of those guys, and he's the one that maybe stands out to me, that might get lost in the, in the rotation a little bit. That's a, that's a strong take. I, uh, I see where you're coming from there. It almost more situationally than anything else. I think that makes a lot of sense. So uh, what's, what's your, what's your answer for the other, the other half of this? Yeah, I, again, it's tough. I, I think that, I think you're right. I think DJ is, is the obvious answer just because uh, I'm more intrigued to know whether this defensive stuff that we saw last year is just who he is um, or it was a bit of a flash in a pan. I just, I'm not sure that we've seen enough of DJ Wilson still to be able to say, yeah, he's a defensive savant, as some people would like to say. I, I'm just not sure that we've seen enough. So if that obviously uh, becomes the case, then he's a guy that probably has to play. Uh, I think he has to shoot the three while well. we saw when he went through that really rough shooting stretch in, in February, obviously Miritich came in, DJ Wilson fell out of the rotation. Uh, he, and he's going to have to, he's going to have to play, uh, get minutes ahead of guys like obviously Ursan And now, um, you know, you spoke about Robin Lopez comes in. So I think DJ Wilson is a prime candidate and you already touched on that. I think it's kind of a, an easy answer to, to say DJ, but uh, I think, the one thing we can safely say is is that if DJ really breaks into this rotation and becomes an every night player, uh, that sort of eighteen to twenty minutes per game, maybe twenty minutes plus, then then he he will be legit because uh, that will be 
what causes Bud to play him is if his shot is falling down and the defensive stuff stays at the same level that we saw it at times last year. So I think if DJ Wilson does become in the rotation, the Bucks uh, uh, again maybe add another little uh, wrinkle to to the to the stuff they do. So I'm more maybe hopeful that it's DJ because I think it means good things if if he really steps up. Absolutely, I think if if DJ carves out a, a lane for himself, a, a solid playing time allotment for himself without some sort of you know injury or other situation forcing it, I think that's something to be very excited about. So we've got a, a sort of two-part serious question and then a, a fun question. I want to go to the serious question here. Um, so it's really two different questions. It's not really a two-part, but this is from uh, AJS at a plunder, a plunder. How do you see the Bucks uh, in parentheses, as currently constructed, match up with the three favorites in the West? Lakers, Clippers, Warriors is currently constructed. I don't consider Houston a favorite because they are more concerned with regular season MVPs. That's from the question. I'm not saying that, but I'm also not not saying that. And I'm also not saying that. I don't know. I think I said that earlier. I'm, I'm not disagreeing. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, and again, I realize that this is a dangerous thing to say, but I'm not 100% convinced that the Warriors are in that group. Um, I, I think that the two LA teams and probably more so the Clippers for mine than even the Lakers, but you know, there's a bunch of good teams out West. We, uh, obviously uh, there's been a lot said about what Utah did, uh, over the off season, Denver, we sort of expect are going to be there again. Portland are, are just always there. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm not sure the worries, it's going to be really interesting. I, I, I heard some stuff yesterday. I was watching some stuff about, um, Steve Kerr saying that he thinks that maybe they need to lighten the load on Steph Curry during the regular season this year. Not really sure how you do that. Like, you know, obviously with, with no Durant, uh, no Clay Thompson really for, um, I mean, I know, it, you know, he's talking, he's talking about, you know, playing in the Olympics next season. He probably thinks that he can get back and play some basketball this season, but yeah, I'm just not sure the Warriors can, can, uh, afford to rest Steph Curry too much and stay competitive in this. And I mean, when I say competitive, I mean really like battle for home court and become a contender in, in the West. Uh, and Steph, you know, he's had a pretty good run with injuries the last couple of years. He is 31. Uh, we know he has had a, a long injury history. I'm not sure um, how how that is going to go with him. So Warriors are, are an interesting team for me. I don't want to rule them out because, you know, everything they've done and, and how great Steph Curry is. But I'm probably not putting them on that level. Uh, the Lakers... Again, for mine, big question mark over over the health. Uh, when you talk about Anthony Davis and also LeBron last year, I had some injuries. He's been such a uh, a warrior playing almost you know all these games and really getting a serious injury. But it's interesting now um, with LeBron being you know the age he is, thirty four. He's going to be thirty five soon. Uh, we keep on talking about when it's going to catch up with him, but LeBron and Anthony Davis, someone that's been injured a lot. Um, I, I think they're a wait and see as well with the the really strange group of players that are thrown together uh, again this season. So um, I, I think the Bucks match up pretty well with these teams. I, I'd be interested to hear what you what you think about the Clippers. So I'm not just uh, rambling on a lot here. Obviously, uh, the Clippers are a deep team, well coached, and and having the two options of Kawhi and and, uh, and Paul George is really really tough on the wings for any defensive unit. 
Yeah, it is. So I, I agree with you on the Warriors. I think they're going to be a, a solid playoff team, even if Clay doesn't play at all. I mean, having D'Angelo Russell helps take some of the burden off Steph, but it's it's certainly not the same as having Clay and, and Kevin Durant. I think they're a playoff team. I wouldn't call them a, a real contender. I think even when Clay gets back, um, you know, just you you not you never come back from not playing for that long due to an injury 100%. So I just don't think, you know, even if he starts playing in, in April or whatever, you know, for however many series they end up in at the end, and in the end of the regular season, I don't. You're not going to see normal Clay. I don't think. I mean, it helps a bit that he's he's such a good shooter. Like, I don't think he's going to lose that entirely, but could take a while just his legs under him. And then defensively, I think there's going to be a gap between, you know, uh, when he comes back and and when he's as good as he was if he ever gets back there. Quite frankly, um, so I, the Warriors, I wouldn't be all that concerned with it in terms of the Bucks. You know, who they're going to see in the finals. I agree with the Lakers. Um, I think when uh, people go two ways on the Lakers, I think both ways are kind of incorrect. There's a lot of like the Lakers are insanely good. Like think about, you know, LeBron at the height of his powers over the last couple of years. I think about AD when he was destroying the Blazers in that series two years ago. And, you know, those two guys together plus some shooters, it's going to be really dangerous. And then the other side, people go, well, these guys are both always hurt. They're both going to be hurt all regular season. The Lakers aren't going to do anything. I think the real answer is somewhere in the middle. I do think they, this team is going to have problems during the regular season. Like if one of those two guys is out when the other one isn't on the floor, all of a sudden it's the Kyle Kuzma show. I'm, we've seen what that show results in. It's a lot of lottery picks. The Lakers haven't made the playoffs as long as Kuzma's been there and, and longer than that. Um, I think the real answer is somewhere in the middle, but I think the one thing that really sets sets the difference – between the the Clippers and any other team out west to me is the one thing that stopped the Bucks and Giannis last year. You know, there were other setbacks, there were things teams did that that would work a bit and the Bucks would figure it out. But the thing that stopped the Bucks in their track and and led to Toronto, you know, going on to win the finals was they had a good team defense, a dedicated scheme, but the most important thing was they had a guy who made Giannis's life really, really hard even before he got to any of the help defense, and that's Kawhi Leonard, who is now a Clipper. And if that's not enough, like you said, they also have Paul George, who's another terrific defender. Uh, I think Kawhi is is better, and he's he's bigger and he's bulkier, which helps on Giannis. But I think either one of them can do it for a bit. And then you know if they're both on the floor, Paul George can guard someone like Chris Middleton and do a really good job of that. So their defense, and then you also have. You know, not that's not mentioning Patrick Beverly, who's going to be out there. You know, they have um, uh, Mo Harkless, who's a very good defender. They have a lot of good defenders on this team. Their team defense is going to be great, especially if they do as I think they will. They're going to pick up a more defensive-minded center at some point. That wouldn't surprise me. And then you have you know uh, Lou Will and Montrez Harrell still there, one of the best pick and roll combos in the league. I mean, those guys were kind of eligible for six, six man of the year at the same time because they're both so good off the bench. I just think there's a lot that scares you about the Clippers. I think if they're healthy and, you know, Kawhi has struggled with health, uh, Paul George is going to miss some of the first part of the year uh, coming off of a shoulder surgery. So it's a question mark too for them. But when healthy, they have all the tools that we have seen work really well against the Bucs. And, you know, you, you hope Giannis is better. You hope the Bucs are more equipped to handle that. But I do think that's the best formula for slowing down Milwaukee. And, and it's the best formula for slowing down anyone really good primitive defenders and really good team defense, but the Clippers have it more than anyone. Their defense is going to be startling. Yeah. Uh, it's in so much, you know, attention has been put on to uh, the 76ers defense and rightly so I would say, 
Um, but again, yeah, you touching it. Obviously, Kawhi Leonard and and uh, and Paul George, two defensive player of the year caliber uh, defenders. And and you talk about Giannis, obviously being the, the feature of that. But then, yeah, another guy, the second guy at that same elite level that can uh, also work on Chris Middleton. The question will be uh, for the Bucks is can have they got enough guys that can, that can uh, make shots. Uh, and help out those two guys and not force it to be, okay, Giannis, okay, Chris, we need you to carry us because no one else can make a shot right now. And in the end, that was really, uh, that has been the Bucks' downfall, not just in the Eastern Conference Finals, but, you know, over, over the last few seasons, if it, was Giannis, if it wasn't Giannis or Chris, uh, it was no one else. So, yeah, I have got the Clippers on, a, on another level compared to the Lakers and the Warriors. I think the Clippers are a scary team. And, uh you know, when everyone I think thinks of the offensive side of the ball, two guys that can hit big shots and are not afraid to take uh, big shots, two generally unselfish players, and I think we've seen that with Kawhi through uh, his whole season. But you know, there was times last year in Oklahoma where I, I was watching the Thunder, and I just could not believe that Russell Westbrook kept on jacking shots with Paul George standing there on the wing, just standing still. Like he, he's not going to have to deal with that anymore. And then you touched on the defense again. We already spoke about it, but not only uh, Beverly and Harkless, but guys like Jermichael Green as well around there. Magruder is a good defender for a guard. So they're a scary team, the Clippers. There's no doubt about that. And I think the chemistry issues, which sometimes are a problem, are going to be less uh, relevant to this team with, with two stars like uh, Paul George and Leonard. So, yeah, look, I think that the Bucks really, I, I think from top to bottom and the depth they have, they're a team that can match up with anyone. But again, you know, sometimes when you when you look at the playoffs and you look at how that uh, Toronto series went down, sometimes it's about finishing. And Kawhi Leonard was that finisher last year for the Raptors, so that would be the question for the for the Bucks. Are they going to be able to work through these defensive uh, teams like yeah, probably Philly and also the Clippers and be able to get good uh, offense run in those clutch times because that's what's going to win your playoff games. I could not agree more on that. That Clippers team is going to be, if healthy, if right, and if they click, everything clicks. I mean, neither of those two guys is a is an ace distributor, so there's going to be some question marks there. But certainly they have all the pieces, and they have a, an absolutely terrific coach in Doc Rivers, who is a championship-caliber coach, as he's proven. Um, the second question from, from AJS here, another, another fun one. I don't think it's as interesting, and for mine at least. Follow-up, completely unrelated question. Who is a better basketball player, Malcolm Brogdon or Gary Harris? Yeah, I think – am I wrong or in saying that you're a big Gary Harris guy? Uh, I'm not a huge Gary Harris guy. I like Gary Harris. He's a good defender. His numbers aren't as inspiring as I really thought they were. And uh, numbers He's not aren't, a great shooter. Yeah, he had one – two, sort of one and a half, two really good three-point shooting years. This last year was not good. I think he had some injury problems. Like Brogdon, hasn't been able to stay on the floor much. I mean, five seasons, games played totals for him. 55, 76, so that's good. Then 57, 67, 57, which is not as good. Yeah, I just think I, I think both guys can score the ball. Uh, as you said, both guys can play defense. I, I think you know, the thing that really separates Malcolm Brogdon from mine uh, and it's it's been evident from the first time he hit the floor with, with the Bucks is just how calm he is. His basketball IQ uh, never gets overawed by any situation. And he's really a guy, maybe he's not the guy that you want creating his own shot, but when the ball's in his hands uh, in, a, in a clutch situation, you just 
feel comfortable. I think he's a little more steady. I think Gary Harris maybe steady is 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 the right word. So I think both really really solid role players in the league. I, I don't think either of them are stars. Gary Harris obviously a little bit younger than Brogdon as well. Um, so maybe uh, he's still evolving into that. Whereas I, I look at Brogdon and again this week bet him so much and and it's going to be interesting to see what he does in Indiana in terms of you know whether he does have another level. But uh, you know I think Brogdon is closer to a finished product perhaps. Than Gary Harris, but right now, um, I would probably take Brogdon for those reasons. Just the just the steadiness with with the way he plays. Yeah, for me, it's the drives that that really make it that I want to go with Brogdon. Uh, I think Brogdon the better shooter. Harris might have a quicker trigger, so I guess you could argue who's yeah. better. No question. I would say that's not that hard, but you know. Yeah, but uh, I, I give Harris a little bit of an edge defensively, but I just think Brogdon's the more well-rounded offensive player, uh, and I'm I'm just gonna go with him. I, I think. As an aside, I think Brogdon would be really, really awesome on a team with Nikola Jokic as the best player. Uh, you talk about sure. a guy who's going to find open shooters and find guys in good positions. I mean, Brogdon would eat over there. I think Brogdon would put up, you know, similarly, if not better, tremendous efficiency numbers playing on this Nuggets team. I I know no one likes going to play to Denver. It's not a sexy location. But, you know, if I'm a, if I'm a free agent, somewhat unproven, I would love to go play with Nikola Jokic because it just seems like, his teammates get in really, really good positions to to make them look good offensively, at least. But anyway, yeah, I agree. I'm I'm going Brogdon, but Gary Harris is a good player. Wouldn't mind having Gary yeah. Harris on the Bucks, but no question. Um, last question from from my good friend Rohan Cotty at R Cotty Jr. Which pairing uh-huh. would be better in a Dancing with the Stars style competition? Bud and Robin Lopez or Horst and Brooke Lopez? Yeah. It's tough. It is tough. And I, I have an answer I, I, if you want me to go, or if you have an answer, you can go. You can go, but I just want to say, I think that the first of all, it's an amazing question, but I, I think that this comes down to Bud and Horst rather than the Lopez brothers. That would be my take. But So then we're going to have different uh, answers, I think, because I feel the other way. Let's hear it. I think as much fun as Brooke Lopez is, I feel like Robin Lopez is the more outgoing one still. So I'm going to go with the Robin Lopez team. But if I was picking the other way, I would go with, with Horst and Brooke Lopez. I don't know if Bud would would dance willingly, but I'm still going to – I'm going to go with Robin Lopez. I've been staking a lot on Robin Lopez in this podcast. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I, I do think that uh, it's, it's interesting. I, I think that Horst right now has to be at the absolute peak of his swagger. Uh, I mean, Ooh. well, I, I just think coming from, uh, you know, when he when he took the job and and people were like, oh, they've gone with a super young uh, GM. This is interesting, John Horst. Mm, he was he was in the organization. A few people questioned it. He's just slowly but surely made good move after good move after good move. Now he's executive of the year. The Bucks are, are really recognized all around the league as a contender. I just think Horst right now is just really feeling himself. He has to. He has to be feeling good about himself. And I think he might be able to take that to the Dancing with the Stars floor. And uh, and I, I think I'm going with Horst and Brooke Lopez for that reason. Again, I think the Lopez brothers are both outgoing. I think that they would both be very, very entertaining on this show. But I think Horst's uh, swagger, I think that's taking him above Bud right now. Bud, I think, is a little more even-keeled. I think he's probably a guy that maybe he might enjoy Watching Dancing with the Stars with, a, with a, you know maybe a glass of red or something like that on the couch. I'm not sure that he would want to be on the show. Yeah, I agree with that. I, hopefully, this happens someday. 
So we can uh, we can place dueling my bookie wagers on it and see which of us is right. You know, you know that like I love asking questions like this at press conferences. Like it's yeah, <laughs> I just love asking ridiculous questions because you know sometimes like, you, you talk so much about basketball, it's like all right, well you know let, let's break it up a little bit. So this one, this question is in my memory bank. This will be coming out at some point during the season. I am I am going to get this question in. It's coming, folks. Get ready for it. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to that greatly. Uh, do you have anything else, any more bold proclamations, or are we uh, are we about wrapped up with this one? I've got plenty, but the, the good thing is that we've, <laughs> we've got another week and at least a, another podcast before the preseason opener, so I'm going to hold fire. That was uh, – I feel like the, the timing on, the, on these questions was good. We've done well. This has been a good podcast, and it's I think it's always fun doing the mailbag because sometimes – you know, we, we don't always think of, of, of questions like some of those, certainly the Gary Harris, Brogdon one, and, and all the stuff related to this season. So uh, I think I'll hold fire on any more hot takes uh, for another week at least. I'm going to reholster my take cannon as well. Uh, and I agree. It's nice. It's, it's, you know, it's fresh perspectives every time we do a mailbag. You know, everyone thinks about the game differently and, and everything else. So it's always good to get some fresh uh, fresh questions, fresh looks at things in there. I mean, I haven't really sat down and thought once about, you know, Malcolm Brogdon versus Gary Harris. That is, it's interesting. It's an interesting two players to put against each other. And I think that was fun. So uh, with nothing further from us right now, besides this thank you to all of you for listening to another episode of the Eurostep, we always have a great time making them, of course. Uh, we hope you'll be back next time, you know, to make sure that you are. Subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. Follow us on Twitter at Ty Windish at Kane Pittman. Um, for more, we always post them there. We always post a whole lot of things there. You know, the hop, uh, beers and food, whatever I'm doing. Probably brewer stuff. Brewers, big time for the brewers right now. Uh, a lot of brewers tweets coming. From and the me, but, uh, a lot of, and the, sure, of course. And the, the A's, World Series is coming. The World Series is coming. Good luck to the Brewers in the wildcard game. Make sure you support the A's. That World Series is going to be uh, is going to be epic. Brooklyn A's World Series. Let's just book it. Yeah. But uh, until then, uh, we probably wouldn't – well, we'd, we'd talk about it if that happened, but we wouldn't cover it. But until then, uh, everybody, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Peace.